Hello and welcome to another bubble, the Western bubble. My name is Dario and I'm here with Balder. If you don't know who we are, please listen to our regular episodes as this is one of our extra episodes where we pick items from the news that simply scream Western bubble. In these segments, we give some quick comments on how we interpret these events. This week, both of us have a full agenda, so we decided to record an extra episode instead of a regular episode. And we decided to talk about the Pentagon leaks. Um, so a set of classified documents uh, that were leaked to the internet uh, in April of 2023. And simply because this is a quickly developing topic, uh, we're recording this on the 14th of April. So in case any of the things we're saying are outdated tomorrow, um, please forgive us. Um, so Balder, why are we talking about the Pentagon leaks today? Well, Pentagon leaks, uh, leaks in general from governments, especially the U.S. government, of course, are a fascinating glimpse into the reality, right, of how the Western bubble works at a policy level. The, the, the Pentagon has certain stories that they put out, but there are lots of stories that they have internally that we typically don't know about. And so whenever there's a leak, this is fascinating. And by the way, very important for a well-functioning, free democratic society to once uh, in a while, let me quote Leonard Cohen here, to have light shining through the cracks in the wall, right? There's a crack in everything, and we need to have a, a perspective on what's going on behind the scenes. And so even though the n motives for this leak have not been particularly noble, the fact that we now have some insight into this is, is I would say, net, a net positive. And it also really helps us... Um to pat ourselves on the shoulder here, uh, because a few few weeks ago we recorded an extra episode on the Chinese spy balloons. Um, and I still remember the outrage in Western societies, how dare the Chinese spy on us with a balloon, and us basically saying, well, countries spy on each other, that's that's nothing new, and the, especially the United States is spying on everyone. And as these leaks now show, the United States is spying on everyone. It's, it's, it's amazing that, that people have any doubts about this, right? This, is, this has been, and the United States has done this since forever. And by the way, this is what you would expect from a geopolitical superpower. It doesn't mean that the United States is some, something dark. It's just something that these large powers do. And they've been spying, in this case, on the UN. They've been spying on Zelensky, of all people. Um, exactly what you would expect, by the way. This confirmation is very useful because it's, punctures through this mythology that somehow Western nations are good guys who just do the right thing all the time. No, we are actors, self-interested actors who behave according to our own selfish interests and spying is part of that. I think it is particularly interesting that they are spying on their allies um, because that, that really punctures through that bubble in the sense where you know, there's information on South Korea, on Israel, um, and what they're basically thinking on the situation. So that is is really helpful. Um, let's look at the media here and at the media reaction, um, because so obviously this broke, broke into the news a week ago. Um, and I think the first sign I saw of it was a, a Washington Post article even saying this saying that, oh, the United States is spying on, on, on its allies and others, and that this leak is, is showing how they're spying on it. However, that was the last critical article I had re I've read on, on this topic, where, oh, it's about the United States spying, and it's about internal dynamics in the West. Everything else 
has been focusing on on a different direction of these Pentagon leaks. It's very much about uh, the Russians. It's very much about uh, the way that the Wagner Group is infighting with uh, other elements of the Russian defense mechanisms. And the media has a real problem here because they are part of the dynamics that are now being exposed, right? So if you look at something like someone like Zelensky, Zelensky has been presented over the past year as the second coming of Christ, basically, as someone who is supposedly the savior of everything that is right and proper in this world, bravely and heroically standing up against the dark evil come emanating from Moscow. Now, if it not is shown that the Pentagon is actually keeping checks on this hero, and then there's a problem for the media, because what does this mean? Does this mean that actually Zelensky is also a human being who has a complex agenda and the United States is concerned about that agenda? Uh, this is something that the media is responsible for, right? The fact that they have associated themselves with political dynamics instead of being outsiders, critically observing their own societies, they've become part of this circus around Ukraine, and therefore they are very confused about what they're now reading in these Pentagon releases. Very much indeed. And I do want to focus on this part again, that the media is only focusing on what these leaks are telling us with regards to Russia is because there's article after article, as he said, on oh, the activities of the Wagner Group in, in Africa. And then there's articles about, oh, the Chinese might be delivering weapons. What does this mean for Ukraine? Egypt. Exactly. There's there's this focus on, on, on oh, are certain countries not standing with us? Um, so uh, on the one hand, you have Egypt that uh, has been alleged to send weapons to Russia. So now their fingers being pointed at Egypt. And then there's a surprise where Serbia is uh, was planning, I don't think this was actually confirmed, to send weapons to Ukraine, actually. So now there's a little bit of celebration surrounding Serbia, who actually was very neutral or, if anything, leaning a bit more towards Russia. And it's very interesting how that how all of these leaks feed into the Western bubble instead of focusing on the first article I'd read, um, oh, what is the United States actually doing here with regards to spying on their allies? Are there, are there actually thoughts, critical thoughts about mm, how confident are we in Ukraine's performance here? Um, who are the good guys and what and what should we push? So this really punctures through this narrative out there that Western governments are trying to portray of, yes, we will support Ukraine until the very end. And yes, Ukraine has to gain full control over its own territory again. That that image is now being punctured through. Yes, yeah, so here's the problem, right? We as human beings like thinking in simplistic terms, and we like to think of ourselves as the good guys, and ourselves is our society, and there's the bad guys, and we get very confused when that message gets punctured through. In, in many ways, it's frustrating to me, though, because one of the main problems to me of such bubble thinking, whether it's a Western bubble thinking or other types of bubble thinking, where we like to simplify our world and we like to look critically at those who are supposedly against us and we give ourselves a free pass, is that it's very debilitating. It would be very empowering to say, what about these Pentagon papers, about these Pentagon leaks, can we learn uh, from 
What is it that can strengthen our future understanding of the world and ourselves, our own behavior and our government's behavior? It would be incredibly powerful to say, okay, this gives us a new basis. This gives us new information. Now we can assess our behavior over the past year. Let's address that. But instead, we shy away from it. We try to avoid confronting ourselves with our own mistakes and our own failures. And we desperately cling on to those little news items that confirm the already existing dynamics. I've, I've never, never understood this problem that people have at critically analyzing themselves and learning from it. Whereas that is the way for you to become stronger. It, it, it is not helpful to try to divide the world into, oh, is Egypt on our, in, on our side or the other side? It's not helpful to keep on obsessing about the Wagner group. You can't control the Wagner group, but you know who you can control? Yourself, your own society, and your own government. So let's spend time on that. Right? See, and so these dynamics are very much part of the Western bubble. And we've discussed this in detail in our episodes on the media, how the media is part of the Western bubble and is also a victim of the Western bubble. However, there's also something that's journalistically simply bad. Um, and that is copying Pentagon speak. And this is something that uh, you pointed out to me um, because I'd only read this in articles where there was a bit more context. But the media is basically directly copying Pentagon speak. And, and what's that speak in, in particular? Well, there... Two, two, two things stand out. First of all, these documents, the leak of these documents is being presented as damaging. Well, of course, it's embarrassing to the Pentagon, no doubt about it. But the media talks very, uh, very much in terms as if this is damaging to Western society, right? As if somehow this is bad for all of us. No, it's embarrassing for the Pentagon. It doesn't really do much damage. In fact, it might actually benefit Western society if we use it properly, but we copy the language being thrown out there by the Pentagon as if we have to be very careful to touch anything related to these leaks. Um, I would once again go back to Leonard Cohen. Please let the light shine through the cracks. And uh, secondly, you have uh, straight away this Pentagon briefing that goes down the line of uh, some of the uh, some some of the uh, documents may have been altered. The documents that uh, are out there may not be the real documents because some Russians messed with it and, and it... Now, this is standard procedure for government operations to say, look, this is horrible that there is information out there that is supposed to be supposedly secret. We don't want anyone to be able to criticize us for it. So if so, someone says to us, hey, I looked at this document and you did this, then we can say, no, no, we're not commenting on it, but just know that a lot of these documents are not actually the real version. They have been altered to make us look back bad. And that kind of approach is very common among governments. But the fact that the media is pushing that narrative as well, is putting it out there like, oh, please be careful because some of these documents might not be the real version, is horrifying to me because that means that the media is basically creating a defensive wall for the Pentagon. And that's the last thing that the media should do. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the context in which I have seen these comments uh, written, and I mean, obviously in, in written form, you always have more time to, to give context, is with regards to uh, then these documents being circulated in Telegram channels within Russia, 
that they were altered. Uh, basically, the number of casualties uh, among the Ukrainian side was blown out of proportion. The Russian casualties were very, very low. But that's an isolated incident in a Russian telegram channel. I'm not sure whether I would, I would expect anything different, to be honest. Um, but undermining you know, the thought and the confidence into these documents overall, it not only fits into the United States narrative, but also in all of the other governments uh, that were basically mentioned in these, uh, in these documents. Um, because the Israelis were mentioned and the South Koreans were mentioned. And both countries immediately went out saying, well, it's fake, let's be honest. Most of what you see there is probably fake because it works for us right now. Exactly. And this is, by the way, one of the things that when we talk about international relations, we have to be very careful about what we mean by countries and the United States, right? So when when we say, oh, this is bad for the United States, no, it's actually probably for the country as a whole, for the 300 and what is it, 30 million people that live in the United States. It's good news that this has happened. It's bad for some actors within the U.S. government. And that's the same with all these other countries, right? So it's... The moment the Pentagon says this is bad news for our country, what they really mean to say is, oh, no, this is really embarrassing for us. And this might hurt some of our operations. It might be bad news for some of our people on the ground. It might give some information away about our spying activities that, you know, some local informers might not be in trouble. But from a meta perspective, from a broad perspective, the United States probably benefits from this kind of thing. Now I want to reference last week's episode. So the episode we recorded on conspiracy theories and externalizing responsibility. Because exactly that happened again with this case here. That, especially in the, in the last few days, so again, uh, today is April 14th, and yesterday the person responsible for these leaks uh, was arrested by the, by the FBI. But the days before were a whole bunch of theories within the media and among experts uh, speculating where, where could these leaks come from. And obviously Russia was mentioned, <laughs> that the Russians are behind this. A mole, uh, you know, someone working within the United States but working for Russia. So you immediately have all the evil spirits of this world combined and that they are behind this. And as it turns out, the... I don't want to call it simplest, but the, the weirdest explanation um, happens to be the right one, is that it was a 21-year-old child, I want to say, working for the U.S. Army, who kind of who got a hold of these documents and then published or basically sent them to an internet uh, chat room uh, on Discord, you know, where a bunch of his friends, a bunch of his gamers were on. And the, the Washington Post interviewed uh, one of the members of this channel and basically said that this boy was building, you know, a, a cult in there, tried to prepare them, uh, you know, for, for, some, for some evil things happening because he happens to be racist, anti-Semitic, a gun lover and, you know, falling into that category. So the fact that it was just some child trying to impress his friends on the Internet and not some evil Russian spy uh, or mole within the United States perfectly fits into last week's episode. Absolutely. I, w I wouldn't even call it weird. I, I think simplest, the term you used at the beginning, was is probably the best a term to use. This is kind of what you would expect in a apparatus where at least a million people in the United States have access to uh, top secret information, classified information. And 
And this is this shows the complexity of the world that we live in. That you've got an awful lot of people who have a, a lot of different motives, including a boy who has some grandiose ideas about starting a movement against, you know, what he sees as the oppressive establishment and that kind of thing. Uh, that's exactly what you should expect when it comes to these things, but it doesn't fall within our simplistic narrative of there are some evil people in the world who control everything. We like to think about we about the issues facing our society and our planet as problems caused by conspiracy, problems caused by people in the Kremlin who are trying to kill us all. Reality is that most problems don't work like that. Um, and first of all, there is no such dark conspiracy in the Kremlin. And secondly, the problems caused in this world are much more mundane. They're much simpler. They're, it, it, it almost reminds me of Hannah Arendt, right? And the banality of evil. It, we should stop thinking in terms of good versus evil. And then we're automatically good guys. No, there is a bit of evil in all of us and there's a bit of good in all of us and it is our job to understand that complexity and deal with that complexity rather than simplistic fairy tales about us heroically standing up against the oppression worldwide that's just not the reality of the world that we live in and this boy from what we know a deluded young man who with some racist tendencies uh, or deeply racist tendencies and with some weird ideas about how the US government is about to destroy civilization as we know it, this boy just does something that has global repercussions and that is fascinating, but it's also something that we should expect from the world that we live in. And the last part of this extra episode, um, I want to talk about the implications of these leaks for the West. Because uh, as we criticized just a few minutes ago, the media isn't really doing that. The media is focusing very much on what does this mean for Russia? What does this mean for our fight? Our fight, and I'm saying this purposefully here, but in quotation marks, our fight against Russia. While I want to talk now about, well, what does this mean for the reality in Ukraine? And what does this mean for the Western bubble and the Western narrative on all of this. Because for the last year, you know, the West has approached uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine from a perspective of Putin needs to be defeated, every single Russian needs to be kicked out of Ukraine, and there needs to be a full and complete victory of the Ukrainian people over Russia. Something that you know then even led, and I've quoted this before, the German foreign minister to state publicly that this is our war against Russia. We are at war against Russia. Something incredibly dangerous, um, if I rem may remind the listeners that there are in fact nuclear weapons involved in this entire scenario. But what does this mean, these leaks, that the Pentagon is not as convinced by the reality on the ground that Ukraine can push Russians out of Ukraine? Well, it confirms something that, as you said, we basically already knew for a while. Um, this hype train that you mentioned over the past year of essentially saying this is our proxy war in Ukraine and we won't stop until complete success has been achieved without actually identifying very clearly what that success is, but vaguely implying that the only success we, we as the West could accept is 
the complete defeat of Vladimir Putin and him him being thrown out of the Kremlin and being flown to The Hague to stand in front of the ICC, the International Criminal Court, that kind of hype train has slowly been dying out. Um, Reminding the listeners for a second that since November, we have been told from November till March, basically, that, that there was this gigantic, enormous Russian offensive about to hit Ukraine thereby liberating more resources in the West to be sent to Ukraine, because if we're not careful, Ukraine is going to be overrun. That was the story. Well, that enormous offensive never came. But what is completely obvious is that Russia has stabilized. The the blunders, the military and strategic blunders by Russia early on in the war have mostly been remedied. And this means that now we have to face a reality, a reality where there is no complete success possible, where there is no complete defeat of the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin. And as we've always said, if Vladimir Putin ever is kicked out of the Kremlin, this will come from Russians, not from Ukrainian victory. And that reality is clearly being supported by these leaks. The number of deaths um, that are being estimated by the Pentagon, what are very high, not just on Russian side, but also on Ukrainian side, very, very significant casualties. It is very clear that the whole tone of these Pentagon briefings is relatively downbeat, is relatively like, okay, we're, we're struggling here. And that means that we now have to reassess the situation. And it is not surprising that for the past couple of weeks, there have been more and more media articles coming out arguing that we actually need to start talking to Russia, and we need to start negotiating. Keep in mind, this after a year of behaving as if there was no negotiating with Russia, they just had to be defeated, and that was it. Now you see more and more articles coming out about that. That is completely connected to this official stance that the Pentagon leaks are showing, that things aren't all that bright. Uh, Now, in in some ways, this going back to reality is a good thing. Negotiating is good. Uh, Talking to the Russians is good. War is bad, war causes destruction, and you want to have a way out of that war, even if the end result isn't perfectly uh, in line with your ideal agenda, if it's not utopic, if it means that you have to give something to Putin, still having that conversation about how can we end the bloodshed and how can we end the destruction is a good thing. And in that sense, the West is coming to reality uh, very, very clearly, and the Pentagon leaks are in that sense, only useful to confirm the things that we already suspected. It it has been tiring to me, um, that overall narrative of the last year, that if you call for negotiations or a peaceful settlement to this, you're immediately branded as a Putin apologist, as uh, you know, someone who doesn't want to see Ukraine be a country. And I I, ho- I truly hope that this type of narrative is is uh, slowly going to to simmer down a little bit, because it's really not conducive to foreign policy making when too much of the general population is driving a narrative um, together with the media, and then politicians are just jumping onto the bandwagon instead of doing what might be right, and that's minimizing minimizing human suffering. Absolutely, it is. It, it has been very problematic. And that this is what you create in a hype train with this dogma being thrown about. You create a situation in which 
any serious conversation about reality is being excluded because it means that somehow you're disloyal towards freedom or you're dis you're immoral because you are somehow giving Vladimir Putin what you like. Well, newsflash, uh, sometimes horrible people get horrible, horribly significant success because of their actions. And, you know, Vladimir Putin might get something out of this war. That is not ideal. That's not something we like. But sometimes that's the price we pay to stop bloodshed, to stop violence. And at the very minimum, we need to be open to that conversation rather than just acting as if any talk about potential gains by Russia is somehow giving into evil. No, it is accepting that the world isn't an ideal place and that sometimes things go worse than we would like them to go. That's that's all. So ultimately, we do like these Pentagon leaks, right? Because Absolutely. we can we we can pat ourselves on the shoulder uh, that we were right about the spy balloons. Um, we can pat ourselves on the shoulder that uh, we have analyzed the Western bubble with regards to the media correctly, and that the Western media is still a little bit delusional. Um, we kind of see a puncturing through the Western bubble, maybe, um, or, or starting to happen, that people are coming a bit more to reality, uh, ultimately, and that this might lead to a better situation in Ukraine. Absolutely. And as, a, as a, from a more uh, broad perspective, these kinds of leaks need to happen once in a while in a free and democratic and open society. If you care about a free society, you need to understand that sometimes holding power to account means leaking information. Now, the motives of this boy who did it are not that noble, but this information coming out is only good news because you don't want a government and an authority that can just manipulate the messaging, manipulate media um, without any checks and balances on them. And, and therefore, this has been really, really good news. I must say that it's saddening. It's not surprising, but we kind of knew it already. It's saddening to see certain items, such as the fact that we've got actually special forces on behalf of the West fighting in Ukraine, uh, on behalf of my country, the Netherlands, there's one person, uh, part of the special operations in Ukraine, who essentially killing Russians. And that makes me sad because Russia has not declared war on the Netherlands. And the fact that my government is okay with just whenever they can getting involved in military operations outside of their own border whether it is Ukraine or whether it's Iraq or whether it's elsewhere, is something that is highly disturbing to me. The ease with which the West uses military means to achieve certain goals is, is very unpleasant. And, and, and we should have a conversation about that. But overall, leaks like these are, are incredibly useful and positive. Well, that's it with today's extra episode on the Pentagon leaks, as in addition to our regular episodes. We will be grateful for your feedback and questions that you can submit to thewesternbubble at gmail.com. Next Wednesday, we will be back with a regular episode. Mm -hmm.